0: I don't do the most, but I do a lot. I'ma make a toast, cause we still alive. No big, I feel like
1: Pac. I shoot a shot. I'm coming in. And we are back. This is the Fat Packs Podcast on the Beckett Podcasting Network. I'm your host, Eric Norton. What is going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me this week. I want to give a quick shout-out here to... Yeah. All of our sponsors, it, it the list is growing, man. BadgerBreaks.com, DynastyBreaks.com, Grand Slam Collectibles, Pastime Marketplace, AIAB Card Breaks brings you all of our phone guests, and of course, Super 7 over there at Super 7 Store. Thank you guys uh, for being a part of the Fat Packs team here. We really appreciate it. Big, crazy week in the hobby right now because of uh, what's going on with a uh, zion mania and that's i i got to start there because it's the biggest thing in the hobby it's it's ridiculous and i don't i don't really ha- know how to say this nicely but i think you guys are running a good thing because you you're now you're fake bidding you're fake bidding up uh your shill bidding I don't whatever you want to call it your bids are are not legit we know this uh because these cards that are are listed are, you know quickly rose from from four figures to five figures, and now almost six figures, there's no way, there's just no possible way that, like, that's legit, and if I'm wrong, I'll say, I'll, I'll apologize, I'll be the first one to say it, but you guys are doing this on purpose, and you know you are, and it's just ridiculous to see, absolutely ridiculous to see, I'm sorry that it's happening, but it is what it is, so uh, you guys are going to do you, and that's fine, but it looks stupid. It makes us look bad as a hobby. Like if you're not like legit bidding on it, why why bother? Why do it? I, it? You're you're just trolling people, and I don't think it looks. I don't think it's a good look. Also, on the other hand, if you're gonna post a a card like that and put a hundred k price tag on it. Get some decent scans of the freaking card before you put it up. My goodness, we don't need to see your hand in the this. Just like when I was talking last week on Twitter, we don't need to see your feet or your, you know your, your tip the tip of your shoes or your socks or God forbid your your Frito Lay looking toenails in the in the in the shot of the, of the of the cards. Get a scanner. Put that thing on a scanner. Scan the front and back. It takes care of everything you need to do. You don't need to see. You don't. You don't need to take a shot of each corner because the scanner will get you a good, high-quality image, and then you, the, the the interested buyer could zoom in and see it. For goodness sakes, I mean, it, it's not. It's not rocket science. I I would never, never ever place a bid on a card or an offer on a card like that. That. Isn't, doesn't have a good high quality image. I just don't understand how how people do that. I just don't get it. It's not maybe it's not for me to understand, and maybe I shouldn't be going so hard on a rant right at the top of the show. But I just like this is this is crazy big money. Panini is going to push this out all throughout the basketball season. I think I, I saw someone earlier say that uh, Prism and like, Hoops, I think, or, or was it Gold Label or something, was already sold out at blowout, it's going to be a huge thing. Zion is going to drive the market for all of 2019, the 2019-20 season. It's going to happen. And unless, you know, God forbid he he gets hurt or God forbid if he does get hurt, the hobby's going to tank as you guys are trying to unload these cards now. But, uh, well, that particular section of the hobby, it's just ridiculous. I don't know why we can't be responsible and just – Use common sense when it comes to this stuff. You guys bitch and complain when uh, you know stuff stuff doesn't go your way, and then when someone has something better than you, you eat them up for it. There's and I'm not saying everybody does, but there is a a, a population out there in the hobby that does do that, and it looks it's a bad look, and it's it's an inex- inexcusable, it's completely inexcusable. That's my two cents about it. Now, I guess I'll get off my uh, high horse here at the beginning of the show and talk about new products and pricing because that's going to lead right into more Zion talk, you know, because that's how things are going to go here today, I guess. So, new pricing, a lot of fun here. Tops UFC Knockout is priced for you. Topps uh, Tribute Baseball is priced. And Donr- Donruss Optic Baseball is are all priced for you in the OPG. Love that people complain about Beckett. Uh being a price guide. We all know what, what you're supposed to say as a Beckett employee, I get it. And I, I understand your argument too, but there is a thing called the online price guide. That's fairly, fairly accurate. I I go look at it, go look at it, get a subscription. And I'm not saying it's the end all be all because it's not, but it, it's a good guideline. And, um, Please go check it out. We had a, a great sell over Labor Day weekend. You could have got you a nice little deal on it, but if not, let me know and see if I can do something for you. Uh, new products releasing. Okay. Big week for hockey collectors as 2019 20. Opeachy hockey came, uh, hits shelves today, actually. Uh, a lot of that's a 600 card base set. My goodness, that is a lot of. F-
2: this is Dan Pashman from the Sporkful Food
1: Podcast, and you're listening to the Fat Packs. I've done a lot of interviews today, and uh, they've been a lot of fun. But this one's specifically for me because I've been talking about the '87 Sidekicks, the '86 '87 Sidekicks, and a story that I, a podcast that I want to do. Uh, my good friend Danny Goldberg, uh, Goldberg is writing a book about the about the '86 '87 Sidekicks. But I'm sitting down with a legend. The man himself tattoo. What's going on, sir? Great man, I appreciate you doing that. That was a special time in our life. That was so. That can we just start there because that wasn't supposed to happen. That you... the sidekicks were supposed to have folded, right? Right. And you guys won the title. Can you take me through the '86-'87 season, like what, like how it played out in your head? Well, you know, first of all, you know,
2: because of the
1: instability of the of the sport. Sure. You
2: know, at that time was very difficult when. You know, you, you don't know if you're gonna be here tomorrow or not. If you have a job or you don't, you know. And I remember, you know, going to watch a uh, a concert at reunion at that time. And be honest, with you, the tears came out of my, you know, my eyes because I'm, you know, I'm just standing there and the, 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 it was a great concert and you know, mellow music and type sure. of that did. And I'm thinking, you know, this will never going to be set up for soccer again. Right. You know. So then, you know. Uh, you go through that roller coaster then finally we find an ownership. You know, so now we're we're into the season and you know the amazing thing is you know it was a very unstable season for us because we I I if I'm recalling correct we're a, I think we finished like twenty-seven, twenty-five, that's the the year we play like fifty-two games. Right. So we're barely over five hundred. So we're not a dominant team. Either. Right. So when we got to the playoffs, You know, I think our first game or first series was Baltimore, you know, when we lost five out of six against them. So they, they dominate us. So again, is is you're going into a, to a, to a series where, man, you have to do your best and you know, the other team have your number. And so you're not expect to win, Right. which in the beginning is good because it takes the pressure away a little bit when nobody believes on you. But man, then, then. You know, we went and, and, and suddenly, you know, we beat Baltimore 3-2. And, you know, now we're, we're we're in the next round. You know, I remember it was, I think, one of the games where, like, if it was a Wednesday night, when we're in Baltimore, we need to leave to Cleveland on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And I think we play Cleveland Friday and Saturday or Saturday and Sunday. So I know it was a, a day in between. And I remember it says, hey, you know, coach, you know, Gordon told us, says, hey, you have to pack Back for two, three trips—you never right. know. So the game five was in Baltimore, so we beat them. So now we're we're up to Cleveland, and Cleveland was the same scenario. We lost five out of six. They dominate us. I don't think they, their fans and their players, never thought they could lose to us. They say it was accident. They beat Baltimore. Great. Mm-hmm. It's better playing the sidekicks than Baltimore. So you know, and and be able to knock them out also. Right. It was incredible. Again, the odds is against you. No, nobody believes, and suddenly you you're there, you know. And and then you, you know you now you, you know you go against Tacoma, and in Tacoma had at that time Steve Zango, Pracky, uh, Gary Hill, and Godfrey Ingram. They had four guys who scored, I think, over forty goals oh, in the season. So they were their powerhouse, you know for sure. They're going to win. Again, it's the same situation, you know, you're like, you don't know what the you know, heck you're doing there. Sure. And, and suddenly, you know, we're in uh, in Tacoma and in the first two games, they beat us quite easy. Mm-hmm. You know, and I remember flying back in the same plane with them on you know, the way back. We had a press conference, you know, I remember Steve Zungo coming up and talking to the people and says, hey, you know, sidekicks is great, it was a great year, almost like a good excuse why right. you will lose sure okay so you know i'm sitting there and i'm like well you know thank you but you know it's not over like we was too right run. so in amazingly we beat them here twice you know and one was an overtime game it was a, the most thrilling game i've, I've been involved with was, it was unbelievable now you're 2-2 then you go there you know they beat us then they come here we beat them you know, when they came here, I remember they, they got the champagne already.
1: Oh, Because okay. they thought they're going right. to finish here.
2: Right. Okay. So nothing happened. I think that was the, the overtime game. Like, my memories keep it was going a little bit. But, you know, now we're back to them. And, and, and the game seven, you know, was, you know, normally, you know, for indoor soccer, we don't get traffic to come to the game. We come right. early. Right. There's not many fans <laughs> come to the game. So, man, it was packed. It was traffic. I'm yeah. like, man, this is, it, this is incredible. That's it's like, the Tacoma Dome, too. That's the Tacoma it, it's Dome. It's a big place. That, and they had some seats to make even more. Right. So, you know, so now it's, 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 it's a big deal. So now we, we, we get there. And, um, you know, remember the, when we walk in, they had the balloons set up in the netting in the top. So yeah. I guess they're gonna rip off when sure. they win, so the balloons will come down. Right. So uh, you know, it was a uh, it was a difficult game. You know, up and back, and suddenly they go up three to one on us. And I remember, and I remember like it was yesterday. Okay, when the, the announcer came up and says, hey, um, "Dallas fans, were had a group of the office and some of the, the girlfriends and wives sure. came, and they're sitting right on the top on the corner." And it says, you know, uh, Tacoma fans, please stay sit. We'll present the second place throw to the Dallas sidekicks. Oh, sure. Then we'll present the first place, you know, so, you know, it's stay baseball. sit and, you know, calm. Or, uh, and that was that like basketball. four minutes left. And then Gordon pulled the six attacker. And and again, amazingly, it, 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 it didn't work well. It normally doesn't work well. It doesn't work in hockey. It doesn't work. Right. You're tossing a... It, you toss less than a 50 50 chance and guess what and you know in less than three minutes we we tied the game right so now is you know we're excited we're jumping up then then i remember the goal the time goal i i had it i remember the second goal where this you know uh dave lost it, is the one took to the side mm-hmm. and put a cross so i i, I can like i says i i can close my eyes and i'll it's like a picture, it's like a, a movie coming through. <laughs> I see a exactly cycle in my head. And I remember I think it's Willie Molano came or Perry Vanderback was one or the other running in and we're excited, jumping up and he and says, Hey, what are you guys doing? And you know it call us our attention, you know, like, what the heck? But well, you know, we right. scored, we're you know, we're in and he turned and says, Hey we didn't do nothing yet, we just died. Right. Man, he's brought us <laughs> to reality to say, oh crap. You know, and I remember going back to the bench, I think it was during one time out in the overtime, the first overtime, and I'm walking and I'm looking and I'm and I'm talking to God and I says, My Lord, you know, don't let us come this far and lose. Right. You know, that would be a you know, a, t- a big teaser, you know. So, you know, and that kinda go away and we're playing and man, when we scored in the second overtime I remember in the first overtime, Chris OBS made an unbelievable it was three v two save. We thought the game was over. Sure, okay. he just boom and went to the corner, got it, and so the, we're like, man, seems like the things are, you know, coming our way. And uh, the goal I remember, like I said, it happened yesterday. I, I'm tired. Defender comes in, Neil magson comes in, I knock the ball to the side and I hit the back post like I normally do. Mark Carpen is running in and he just put the foot in the ball, goes boom in the net. And, you know, everything went blank, to be honest with you. Until, you know, I look at the fans and the people are sitting and they are staring at us like, what the heck yeah. happened? Right. This is not supposed to exist. It's a dream. What's going? On? And I'm looking at the people, and I'm like, I'm serious. They're just staring at the field with their eyes open. I'm like, man, fantastic. So that was that was our season. And I tell you, there are uh, there are moments, you know, in my life when things gets difficult. You know, I go there and I put the video. then Never sure. say die, Dave. And that 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 you know builds me up. Make you know make me you know feel good about it. And and. So that was that was especially, you know, when uh I, I like to watch movies and see the underdogs. Right. I see the you know, the one who has no chance and suddenly he comes ahead. Right. And that was a perfect movie. Rocky We're Four. the underdog, yes. <laughs> Nobody believe in us. Yeah. You know? And and every step of the way we got closer and closer and closer and we start believing it. Sure. And the
1: moment we start believing, man, it was it was it was powerful. That was awesome. Thank you Red. so much for recounting that. Red. I've heard it on the radio. I've seen videos, but to hear it from your perspective is, is so great. Thank I'm you kidding. so much. Thank now you. I, we're a collectibles podcast. We're a collectibles show. I see you have some Pacific cards here. What do you think? What do you think the, the Pacific legend is of the MIL? Was it MILS? MISL. MILS. MSL. Like you guys have cards out there. Is it cool to come to shows like this and still see people line up for your autograph? Yeah,
2: you know, and and, and, and you know, it's, it's because I, I've been away for a while, so it, it, it's, it's the good thing about it also is a kind of your name kind of goes away and people yeah. kind of recognize. So you have a little freedom to act and go places, and, sure. You know, and so, uh, but it it is a special. It's like you know talking to you and talk to many of the, the, the the old fans, right? You know where they they have the same history, right? You know with you, but from a different angle. So it's great to kind of sit down and and make you appreciate it, make you feel good, good, for you know uh, what what we all did. Sure. You know, for the sport and in town. So it's
1: it's is a real uh, is a fantastic feeling. You it, know, you guys were like Reunion Arena was rocking, like that place was rocking, and it was Sidekicks favor everywhere, right. and it was really great to see, uh, because. I mean, even now, soccer's not like the the greatest known sport. You guys, for a period there in the 80s, you you guys won three total championships. You guys were on top of the Dallas sports scene. And you were it. Like, because the Cowboys weren't doing anything. The Mavericks sure weren't doing it. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. so you guys were it. It was a perfect
2: time. The Ranger was struggling those times, too. So, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Now, you know, and and, and I like I said, I I did appearances with Troy Aikman, Emmett, those guys, Palmero. All the you know the big big yeah. big guns, uh, Rolando Blackman and Mark Aguirre and all those guys, right. uh, you know uh, Derek Harper and you know all this great. Then you know later with Novinsky, Nash and those guys. So it's it's, it's been a good ride. And, and you know that sometimes when people say ugly things about America, America has been wonderful to me. Mm-hmm. It's nothing. They, they the, the, the Americans, the people who. Well, come like a like their own from day one. Sure. So I have to be honest with you, I have only gratitude for the for the fans in Dallas, Tampa, and, and for this country. So to me it's just, like I said, it's, it's a thrill. Right. You know? And and you know, look growing up in Brazil in a small town, never in my life right. I thought I was gonna have a card right with my name on <laughs> and people ask me to sign autographs. So that is above. in it. I'm a very fortunate person. How do you think? What do you what do you feel when you see that? Like, that's crazy, right? it is. And and you know, it's funny now because you know my kids are the ones who's like, man, this uh-huh. is great, daddy. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, like I says, I watch uh, Never Say Die with. With my daughter, right, and she's she was thrilled. Oh, daddy, you know, and I'm I'm in tears. Thank you God, the the room was dark, so she couldn't see the tears coming out. But she's enjoying. Man, daddy,
1: you you used to be good, daddy. I'm like, man,
2: when you hear that from your child, it makes it makes a big difference.
1: Did you keep any old memorabilia or anything like oh, that from
2: your playing career? I, I did, but then it got to a point, you know, I get. It, it, it's the time you go away from it Mm -hmm. you know you're trying to kind of distance yourself from that sure because it's is you get the freedom of of enjoying life like everybody else sure okay but in the other half of you you miss the attention sure
1: you know right right so it's
2: hard so you're trying to I don't want to you know I want to be Antonio Carlos Pecora this is who I am I don't want to see you know People come to me because, oh, you're tattooing this. I don't want a, a relationship being, you know, relate to right. the soccer guy instead of the person. Right. You know, makes so, sense. So some of those things I kind of, and I, I gave a lot for charity because I, I feel like, you know, it's important, you know, to, to you know, the, the Catholic, uh, you know, I, I I support them big time, the church and, and everything. So, you know, every auction they did, they have something. Hey, I even gave my... Uh, you know, I, I uh, the the torch for the Olympics. Yeah. You know, I gave the torch for the you know a, a, a auction and a charity event.
1: Uh, wow. So that's how,
2: You know, uh, uh, was good things,
1: and if they still get value off it, of, you know, I think it's, it's the right thing to do. Sure. Now tell me about the Mesquite Outlaws because this is new. You, you're the head coach there, yeah. and you got you brought kind of a who's who of soccer with you uh, on your coaching uh, right. squad yeah. there. But tell me about the Mesquite Outlaws.
2: Well, you know, first of all, was a, you know, I was done. Okay, uh, since I left the sidekicks, I said oh, I don't want to deal with this. I'm enjoying what I'm doing. I don't like flying anyway, so I said I'm not. That's something I don't want to jump back in. Then I got a call from Nick Strabo. so his first he says, "Hey." This is a gig, you know, good situation. The ownership has first he loves soccer, then he has the financial backing to to put a group together. Right. Because my deal is, I want those guys to be is is not as professionals, cowboys, rangers, man. But I wanted those players to be treated like pros. Right. Okay. Doesn't matter. You're not making millions, but you have to be treated professional. Yes, sir. Okay, and so to me it was that's the most important. Hey, this guy loves soccer He's not just doing for the fun of it and he has the the financial backing and going to treat those guys, right? So I'd say under those circumstances I'll be very happy then I said look I need a goalkeeper coach Sagu is the best guy love Sagu You know to me is one is a brother to me, right? So and Nick fantastic and then I says look and there are still a few other guys in town which you know we're considering bringing aboard. Sure. You know, Kevin is is available. Kevin Smith. One of those they did a lot of for to the sidekicks to the sport. Right. So it's time to, to you know, if we can reward them. Uh, it's a good, you know, is an unknown situation. Oh, yeah. It's a mesquite area. Right. Uh, is a rodeo. He renewed the place. Yeah, so he's spending a lot of money. That sure. That. Okay. So he's making it presentable. Okay. So that excites me, and I want to see a competitive team sure so that is the goal let's you know hopefully the first you know couple of years i'm, I'm relearning the league i been mean, a while where i'm going so it's a learning process for me but you know hopefully in two years we will be you know you know top three or four in the league
1: competing for the championship that's the goal awesome thank you so much for your time you sir bet. i be really back. appreciate you it I all enjoy. right you guys uh hang tight we'll be right back Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to the Fat Pack. We are rolling along here from the Dallas Car Show. This is the fourth annual Dallas Car Show, Southwestern Dallas Car Show. I don't know what they call it. Uh, Kyle does a great job. I'm excited. I was excited to see this name on the list, and I'm excited that uh, this name actually had time for me. Even though they were talking mad crap about me over there, that's what he told me. They said
0: something about a check. Yeah, a check. they said if
1: I came over here, there'd be a check. Awesome, uh, <laughs> Tone Rodriguez. You might know him from Futurama fame. You might know him from The Simpsons fame, but he's a great artist. And I saw I saw you sitting over there, and your booth is amazing. For both both of the gentlemen, or the the young lady and the uh, and the man at your booth, are both staring over here at us. Yeah, should we should we point and wave? I, I was just pointing and, like, moving
0: my lips so that because I
1: didn't know what to say.
0: But, yeah. Um, no, they're great people. The people over at Aquitas, Rob mm-hmm. over there, and then, of course, uh, Jake Goodman. Sure. Um, uh, and Natalia. I mean, they're just great people. And right. They, I'm, I'm only here because of them. If it weren't for Rob, I wouldn't be here at all. So he's the guy who basically said, hey, we've got this event here in town. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you able to come in? And I was like, yeah. I mean, I mean he's a good guy. So when I, when I work with good people, I try to, you know, do as sure. much as I can with them. So that's do, why I'm here.
1: How, do you, how did you meet Rob? I've known him for a few years now. So, but oh, really? Did, okay, yeah.
0: good. Okay, so that always helps because, again, it's like I, I always don't want to, like, fill in, like, sure. my idea of who Rob is. Okay, Rob, again, super awesome dude. I met him at um, San Antonio Comic-Con, which I guess is the Alamo Comic-Con. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. I met him there. Uh, I was... Uh, set up an artist alley with a friend. So I had like even a smaller version of what my regular setup is. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think it was the first show I had done since I made the move to Lafayette, Louisiana. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, I was telling you earlier, I'm from Los Angeles. I spent about three and a half years in Phoenix and then ended up in Louisiana because of my wife's son just graduated from LSU and she wants to be around him. Right. So we're there. And, um, Immediately upon getting there, I was like, "Well, I, I need to find um, shows to start doing because again, a, a lot of the work that I do that um, basically pay the bills is me being at home doing comic book work, sure, and then commissions and whatnot. And but and then you do the some of the shows; it's a, a bonus and and we were clearly in a, in a weird place where it was like, we just did the move. We just did everything, exhausted everything. So it was <laughs> like, we got to hustle. Right. So I got to the show and another mutual friend of ours introduced me to Rob and Rob came over and checked me out. And I don't really think he actually picked up anything from me. Like he, my friend made it sound like it was going to be, Oh, he's going to come in here. He's going to get him all sorts of stuff. And he didn't, but he kept in touch. Sure, and that's like it's the long con. It's like he 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 got back to me and said, "Hey, we're gonna do this," and and he brought me up to a show in Vancouver. Uh, we've been doing quite a few shows together, and like I said, I mean, I'll share a spot with him. I'll work with him. My our friend Jake's over there uh i like the idea of like strength in numbers when i was in la i worked in a studio with like five other guys and when we would set up at a show we'd have like matching banners and it was just like people come by and they'd be like oh wow look at that right and you know one of my buddies worked on the my little ponies comic books uh my other buddy had just finished working on uh, the muppet babies for disney Mm -hmm. um so you know all these guys were like you know powerhouses on their own and then now all of a sudden i have to leave la i'm like now out here and i'm like all by myself sure so when you find people that want to do stuff with you it's like i'm all about like working with them what's it like so let's go
1: back before robert okay and like how did you get into this because this is i've we had we've had plenty of artists on our show and i and i love each one of you for your own individuality and what like what drives you to to want to be an artist or a comic book guy or, or a cartoonist, whatever you want to call it, an inker? We call you inkers, though, right? That's not that's not no, a good I thing. call them
0: inkers. I, I, I that whole Kevin Smith thing is such. A <laughs> messed up thing i almost (laughs) said the f word i feel so bad because i mean i i ink my own work and like i only do it because i know what i want my stuff to look like there's a real craft there and he he literally and he didn't do it on purpose he wasn't trying to be shitty he was just trying to be funny and it's still the funniest joke that is so not true because (laughs) inkers are real artists there's things inkers do Mm -hmm. that i have no idea on it, it's finesse, you know. It's, yeah, It's yeah. the
1: final line. It's yeah, yeah. But so, what drove you though? Like, what? Where did you start? Like, how did? What What made you pick up a pencil or, or a paintbrush or whatever and go, "I want to do this"? Well, you know, I I've always done
0: it. I've always drawn as uh, as far as I can remember. I remember drawing when I didn't have paper to draw on. I'd drawn the walls at the home, you know, mm-hmm. so with crayons and markers. And, you know, you get in trouble and then you go to school and then you're in the middle of a test and you start doodling on your test. So I always drew, always did something. Um, when I finally got to the point where I was kind of being creative in high school and whatnot, mm-hmm. I had a, um, a scholarship to go to Otis Parsons in Los Angeles, full scholarship for like a year or something. And to their dismay, I turned it down. Because I had already had a job lined up. Because, again, they they hit me up, like, literally a month before the end of school. I had a job lined up. Mm -hmm. I wanted a car. Sure. Because when you're in high school, all you want is money and wheels. Right. I didn't care about anything else. So um, even college, like, the idea of, like, going to school, like, more school, that's not happening. So I went ahead and I, I, I turned it down. They must have given it to someone else because they I think they just had one to give to somebody. And sure. they offered it to me. I turned it down. So somebody else did it. And I can only assume they are probably looking at $35,000 of school debts now because, you know, <laughs> that they, it's only one semester or one year or whatever it was they offered. Right. So, Yeah. Um, But I didn't take it. I went ahead, but I always did work. I always did art. I always did something. If somebody needed like a birthday card, I'd do it. If somebody needed a a flyer for some picnic, I'd do it. Uh, And then what ended up happening, um, I found myself at a job, which was one of the greatest jobs I've ever had. Uh, I was working at LAX and I was in customer service. Horrible airport, but go ahead. Oh no, I mean, but yeah, I get it. The idea of like being, you know, trying to get to your gate and to, right. yeah, but this is before nine eleven. Okay, you know, we're like 80, 88 maybe. Okay, yeah. So again, it was great to be there. It was amazing to be there. The first day I get there, you know, the 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 the, the job requirement was all right. Look, you got to help people. Customer service. Uh, this is the private terminal. Uh, These people are going to come through here. They don't want to be bothered. If they want to be bothered, they'd fly commercial. They wouldn't be here. Sure. So they go ahead, don't bother them. So even today, I have this, like, don't mess with celebrities kind of thing. I don't talk to them. I try to avoid them. I just drop something off over to... Uh, Mr. Thompson uh, or yeah, Dwayne uh, Thomas, yeah, Dwayne Thomas, like, yeah. yeah. And I, I was just like, here, I, please, just take this. And I handed it to his daughter. I said, like, because I was so afraid to like, like interact. Sure. So anyway, uh, I had that job and I loved it. And I literally got uh, blamed for what essentially was a seven million dollar aircraft damage. Wow. Yeah. Not my fault. The the co-pilot was not doing his job. Uh, I was wing-walking in the plane. I had given him the thumbs up and up until I realized, oh no, the, there is no thumbs up. I gave him the cross arm, you know, signal to stop. Sure. He was busy talking to the pilot. They didn't see me. And I'm jumping up and down like an idiot. Like I if there was cameras back in the day cuz again, I'm saying this is 89 something sure. like that. I I would still have this job doing this stuff cuz I <laughs> loved it. And so when it was all said and done, they had to like, they couldn't just fire me because it wasn't my fault, but they had to get to me. So they had to lay off three other people to get to me so Uh. that we all got laid off so that they could basically take care of the problem, right? Wow. So I found myself without a job for the first time in a long time, and so I decided to be a bum. The great thing about being a bum is you don't have to get up, you don't have to do anything. (laughs) The worst thing about bum is you don't have money for gas anymore, you don't have money for this, you don't have money for that, and I did that for a few years. And finally I just kind of started hanging out in comic book shops, I started kind of like, you know, focusing on it. I I was working with a buddy who had a shop, and he was great, amazing, fun guy. But it was two guys who kind of didn't want to work we were hanging out in a comic book shop, which is what you see in a lot of failing comic book stores. Sure. You go in, no one greets you, no one asks if there's something you can, you know, we are just hanging out. Sure. So I was doing that, but I was doing artwork on the side, and basically I finally found some people who were producing their own independent comic book. And when I, I produced a pinup, that was going to be for their second issue. And then I would keep seeing them, and then I'm like, hey, so when's the book coming out? When's the book coming out? When's the book coming out? (laughs) And they never put the book out. And one day they finally came to me and was like, yeah, we're not going to be able to put the book out. We're not going to run this pinup because um, we're going to focus our attention on this other book. And so I was like, well, I'll, I'll draw the other book. Sure. And that was it. So I literally went from not having a job in comics to showing them two or three pages and starting to work on that comic book. Wow. And that book was Violent Messiahs. I did that for Image Comics back in 2000, I think. And I did that for a few years. The next book we did was um, uh, a collaboration with John Carpenter and Kurt Russell, a Snake Plissken comic book. We did that for CrossGen. And when that finally kind of came to an end, I started doing my own thing. I did some pu- self-publishing. Uh, I did some more stuff at Image Comics. Uh, and in the meantime, I, I always wanted to work on Futurama comic books. So I had a friend that was running the show over there, and I, I, I begged, I begged, I begged. Every time I saw him, I'd say, hey, man, it's Futurama. I'd love to draw it. I sure. just want to draw Bender. That's literally all I wanted to do. I mean, he's on my banner. It's like right. literally that's all I wanted right. to do. And so um, after pestering him for a while, I had just gone through some weird negotiations with Dark Horse Comics to mm. do uh, a Kiss comic book. Mm. Okay. I, I told them I'd do it for free. I was a huge Kiss fan. I'd, I'll do it for free. That's how bad I wanted to do it. And they're like, no, 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 we have to pay you. It's like, all right, well, whatever. So uh, <laughs> I go ahead and I'm in negotiations and negotiations fall through because um, Gene wants to keep all the artwork and not pay for it. Really? And then I caught him. I I always hate saying this, but I caught him in a lie. He literally said, Oh, no, I got all the other pages from the other book for free. So, you know, we'll just continue that. And I'm like, I spoke to the other artists. I knew for a fact that he paid for them. Sure. So I I was irritated. And when that all fell through, literally a week afterwards, my friend at Bongo got a hold of me and said, Hey, um, we got a book, and we need somebody to do it, and I think it's right up your alley. I'm like, oh, great. That's awesome. So I'm super stoked because even if it's not Futurama, it's, it's something cool. So he goes, yeah, we're going to do Triasa Horror. And I'm like, oh, I love Treehouse Horror. Nice. Oh, my God, it's great. He goes, yeah, we're going to do this rock and roll issue, and we got Alice Cooper, and we got Rob Zombie, and we got uh, Lemmy for Motorhead, and we got a story that's perfect for you. And I'm like, yeah, what? What is it? And he goes, Gene Simmons, a kiss. And I'm like, oh, fudge. Aww. I still did it. Sure. Yeah, I didn't, no, no doubt. I was like, I'm still doing it because I, w- I wanted to do it. And the thing with them is they literally said, look, um, go ahead and give us like layouts. We'll get you the script. Go ahead and give us layouts, and we'll you know, make notes, and you know, we can get this going. And it's like, okay, cool. That'd be awesome. Can you give me turnarounds? And turnarounds sure. are the drawings of the characters so you can see them in the front and yeah. back and side of the, so you know what they look like, to draw them on model. And they were like, no, 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 you don't understand. The, the Treehouse of Horror is like the artist du jour book. You do it in your style, you do it the way you want to do it. And I'm like, oh, well, cool, that's awesome. Um, so I can do it any way I want. And they're like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Then give me the turnarounds because I want to do it the way you guys do it. Sure. Because I was a fan of the book and it drove me nuts that every time they'd put Treehouse a Whore out, the, all the characters were off model. Hmm. So I started drawing the book on model as the artist du jour. And over a period of time, they'd have another uh, job that they go, hey, this would be perfect for you Don't want to do Radioactive Man. So I did Radioactive Man. Very nice. And so I kind of like almost became like the the regular artist on Radioactive Man for a while, like the current age sure. version of him. So I, I did that for a lot, a lot of years. And, and again, it's like it's weird because like the people who know me from all the hero and horror comic books, don't know anything about the simpson comic books wow. and everyone from the simpson comic books they don't know anything about all the other ones so like i'll see somebody at a show and they like, hey Tone, what's up how, how, how you been what what have you been up to and it's like oh man i just finished up some simpson stuff and they're like wow how long have you been doing that and i'm like about 15 years <laughs> like what do you what do you mean it's like yeah i've been doing this for a long time that's crazy yeah. <laughs> so i mean i just
1: did it because i wanted to do it No, i'm not so in s- recap You were being a bum, and that led to, like, the greatest fun ever. Well, yeah, but,
0: you know, that's the thing. It's like when you have all that time to figure out what you want to do, it kind of, you either continue to be a bum, or you kind of have all this time to focus your attention. If I had a full-time job, like I had up until I was in high school all the way to this point, I would never have time to, like, you know, do layouts or do turnarounds or do figures or do uh, 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 test pages, I had an exorbitant amount of time to go ahead and do it. And keep in mind, during this time, I I held like part-time jobs. You know, like I've done everything. I've, I mean, when people tell me that, oh, well, I got a regular job and I do this. I used to do dispatch for a radio tow truck service. You know, I, I used to answer phones. I used to do this. I used to. I was a grill cook that turned into being like a chef for like two and a half years. Wow. Again, when when I tell you my version of the story. It's a longer version of the story. I gave you, like, that encapsulated course, small of course, version yeah. of it. So it's weird because, like, every so often I'll tell somebody, it's like, oh, well, I'm, I did this and I did that. And, you know, like, work isn't, like, something that, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I sit on my butt and I draw comic books now. But I work my butt off to get to where yeah, I'm Yeah, of course. At. Yeah, of course.
1: So this is obviously nowhere near what a Comic-Con is. But, I mean, it, it, the crowd here is nice. It, you know what? This is funny. This is exactly what a Comic-Con
0: is. Really? It's just not comic books and toys and anime. Okay, it's I got It's sports memorabilia. I follow you. The same thing. These guys, they don't want to sit there and admit they're nerds. But they're nerds. But yeah. Dude, when you're a fan of any of this stuff, it doesn't matter whether it's a tough guy thing or a nerdy, nerdy thing we're nerds for it sure There's Star Wars Cow- I mean oh my god the cowboy stuff I am mean, we're in Dallas of course sure but oh my lord it's like yeah it, it's, this is just what a show is except it's what it is when you go to a, a motorcycle rally right you know that's a nerd fest for motorcycle guys. Sure. Don't tell me it's not. And then keep in <laughs> mind, I've been there. I ride a bike. I've been there. I've seen it. So all of those shows, the Brony Con, whatever it is, uh, in LA, they do a bunch of shows where uh, they're celebrity like. Mm-hmm. Uh, TV and yeah, yeah. What that. and so like you can go down there and they'll have like full like cast reunions of like happy days and you know stuff like that the Lobo I remember that one I'm like <laughs> are there people who really want to see all these people from the Lobo well, but was, I mean was Tattoo there does he I, th- no he's gone <laughs> I mean, he, I mean, he lived right down the street from my house in oh, LA crazy. oh my lord yeah oh, LA is funny because like one day, I remember uh, going to a friend's house, and I remember looking at the, the neighbor next door, and I was like, "Man, I know that dude." And it was Walter Koenig from uh, Star
1: Trek. <laughs> he lived next door to my buddy. It was so weird, man. Look, they're not, they're <laughs> still over here pointing at us now, and oh. they realizing the good time that we're having. Okay, we gotta cut this short. No, we're we're oh, fine. All right, right we on. don't have to do anything. Uh, so, hey, we're at it. We're a collectibles podcast. Okay did you collect anything as a kid did you have sports cards did you have comic books did you have anything I, like that? i had a
0: lot of non-sports cards okay you know like star wars was like a thing i really like those uh i liked them so much that when we did the move i just left them at home i you know like i left so much stuff at home uh i like toys it's crazy i'm an adult my wife still laughs at me i love toys and it, i love toys that aren't even things that i like like uh, you know those uh, uh, he man toys yeah yeah I love those things i've never watched the show like on a regular it's like <laughs> i don 't care about he man but I love the toys um, those yeah he-
1: those he man toys are like like there's like this whole under segment of collecting toys and He Man's like this huge. Yeah, part yeah, of it. it's yeah. crazy, it's crazy.
0: But I mean, like I said, it's like everything, anything that I I could have had as a kid, I I did my best to like reclaim as an adult. Sure, it's weird. Yeah, I you understand. know. I've yeah. done my best to kind of like weed myself from all of it. Once we did the big move, I looked around. And I was like. Man, I don't own any of this stuff. All this stuff owns me. Right. So I started weeding through things and, like, going, okay, I can do without this. Which really sucks when you think of, like, the dollar value of something. Right, 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 right. But, you know, the great thing that I love... Uh, I used to buy comic books. Like, I'd buy my favorite comic books. Because, again, I collected comic books as a kid. That's how I got into comics. And so one of the comic books I would buy all the time were from, like, my favorite artists. Because every so often I would meet somebody and we'd have a conversation. And they'd go, oh, well, who's this guy? Who's that guy? Oh, you don't know who that is? Hold up. And I'll go in my box of all the copies that I have of a certain artist. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, here, take this. And I would just give them a copy. Well, keep in mind... That was back in the day when, you know, comic books were relatively inexpensive. Sure. And then one of the books that I used to give away was like The First Rogue. Oh wow. Avengers annual 10. I had like 20 of them at one time. I would just give them to friends, like people that I would meet and go, "What, you don't know who Michael Golden is, who's the artist on the book?" And I'd say, "Here, check this out." Never once did I go, "Oh, by the way, that's going to be 5 bucks or sure. 6 bucks." I just give them away. And now the books like 70, 80 bucks sometimes. It's I just crazy. sit there and I go,
1: "Man, I used to just give that thing away like for that's, nothing." That's that's nuts. Yeah, yeah. So, who who are who are some artists right now in the comic book world that like are really moving the needle? really what moving the needle like like this like their work is really cool and really really you know this
0: is the this is a weird thing um it's such a hard question to say because the thing is um comic books are so different now than when they were when i was a kid right if you didn't draw the marvel way back when i started drawing comic books you didn't work You know, the 70s and the 80s especially, it's like if you didn't draw the weight... Like this is what Spider-Man looks like in the comic books. And if you did like this weird graffiti kind of like wild, loose kind of look thing that you see nowadays. And again, and I'm not saying that anyone's loose or graffiti. I'm just saying a lot of it came out of that. Like Scotty Young came out of this cool graffiti kind of style. Uh, Humberto Ramos came out of this anime kind of style. And these things weren't part of comic book culture. They came from somewhere else. Sure, Humberto was a huge fan of anime. Right. And you, you see it in his work. And so nowadays it's like there are comic books that literally look like they're drawn by like a 10-year-old child who uh, is right-handed but draws with their left hand. <laughs> okay, so what I'm saying is yeah. they're crude, they're rough, but the thing is, they're funny, or they're clever, or they, they 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 capture their audience. Sometimes, even when you see like these anim uh, these cartoon shows that turn into comic books, I sometimes look at them. And I'm like, I wonder why people like it, but I realize that I'm looking at it from my point of view mm-hmm. and not from some little kid. I got you. Because a little kid sees it and they go, I can do that. Right. And whereas when they look at old Marvel comic books, that like they can't attain that. They they have no idea how to do that. But like Adventure Time uh again that's the one that always hits me really hard it is so simple and so stylized uh we we bear bears okay yeah yeah. super simple super cutesy and whatnot those are the the cartoons and comic books that make these little kids go you know what i can do that as a 10 year old nine year old or whatever and then let's see where that takes them because back in the old days, it was you know Alex Toth, it was Al Williamson, it was you know Jim Steranko, it was all these amazing artists. You know uh, Jack Kirby, who like created like the idea of how to like do graphic, sure. dynamic storytelling. Um, but now it's like everyone does something different. It's like I feel so weird because if if I tell you who I like, I just alienate like half or you ah, know a yeah. huge group of people, only because they're like oh that those guys aren't those guys aren't all that great. Sure. Oh yeah, and it's like music. When you yeah, sit there yeah. and you talk about music, and I sit there, it's like I go, I like Ghost, and they're you know like whatever, dude. <laughs> you know, I oh, like Kiss. I love Kiss, but it's like you know, they 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 they're thinking of like some, I can't even think of some like little tiny little independent thing, right. you know.
1: And then, but though, but again, it depends on who you are. Sure, I I understand completely. Cool. I understand completely. Uh, thank you so much for your time Tony. This has been great. It was no problem. Uh, this was no fun. I'm I can not-
0: talk all day. The people over there they're like happy to be rid of me.
1: Are they really yeah
0: I've been singing uh yeah i'm I'm an idiot when I come to these things it's like i it's not that I get bored sure i uh, my uh, I want to like lift everybody up I really do i'm I'm like jake's I'm, like, one of his, like, cheerleaders. I'm kind of like, come on, man. We can do this. We can do this. Sure. And, you know, and like you said, the people here are awesome, super awesome. Like, again, when I came here and set up, I kind of did that look around like, oh, I don't know if this is going to work out. Right. You know, I get a little nervous, and then I'm like, oh, I should have stayed home because when I'm at
1: a show, I always worry about work that I'm not doing at home. Sure. But, yeah, no, this is great. People have been cool. I told my wife. She's not here. She went home, but she's going to be back. I said, I'm going to get Tone to hand jam me a picture of like. One of those, <laughs> and oh, really? I, like, my head in one of those cards, okay, but uh, but that was before I sat down with you. You don't have to do that, I don't <laughs> mind doing <laughs> it.
0: I, I mean, I did one for Mr. Thomas, yeah. I saw know, that, That's but awesome.
1: I, oh, oh, did you were you over there for that? Yeah, yeah, I saw you drop it off. Oh, to her. okay, yeah.
0: well, you but you saw I gave it to his daughter, yeah, I was yeah. like, and I gave it to her like on the download so yeah. here, and then she looked at me, and she was like. Oh, uh, you want me to get him to sign it? It's like no, no, no. That's for you guys. Yeah. And she was, she like looked at me like, huh? I was like no. <laughs> I mean, she was so sweet. I yeah. caught her and she said, oh hey, you're the guy who did the thing. It's like oh yeah. And He said he loves it, and I was so worried because he, like, when you look at the drawing, yeah. everyone's smiling because like on their trading cards they're all smiling. Right. And I looked at like maybe five or six dozen of his, and he's always got that. Mm. Yeah, he was very serious. Oh, yeah. yeah. But you see, that's how I am. Like, I'm sitting here. I'm like, "Ah, but if we take a picture, I'm like, oh, you should smile. I am smiling. You know, it's like, yeah, I don't do it. That's so. Yeah. So when I when, when I did it, I was like. I don't want to make him smiling because it, it wouldn't look like him. And so I, I did it. And so when he said he, they, she said he liked it, I was like, oh, thank God. Because everyone
1: else, I was like, okay, I don't have to worry about him. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. It was good talking to you. Hey, I really appreciate it. I'm going to come over and check out your booth. All right, Colbins. All right, guys, hang tight. We'll be right back. Bye. This
2: is Jeff Rosenberg, president of TriStar Productions. You're listening to The Fat Packs on Beckett Radio.
1: All right, guys, that was Tattoo and Tone Rodriguez, uh, back-to-back. Thank you so much to both of those guys for hopping on the show. Thank you to uh, Kyle Robinson out at the Dallas Card Show for allowing me to be uh, a part of that, set up there, get some great interviews. That concludes all of our material that we have from from the Dallas Card Show. So, uh, again, thank you to Kyle. I really appreciate you uh, helping me out, getting set up there, and... uh, me letting me have access to uh to your guests so that was really great of you and i look forward to working with you more in the future uh, that was the fourth annual dallas card show these things can keep getting bigger and bigger and like dr beckett said a couple of weeks ago dallas is like getting back into that that swing of big national show showroom showroom showcases and i hope that that happens sooner rather than later and I, we're building a base here that is a lot of fun and um it's a good central location to people to drive to, fly to. DFW is a nice big hub. Um, so hopefully it, it'll start to get recognized more and we can have a bigger national show here and uh, have fun with it because Kyle does a great job. and I don't, I don't want to take that away from Kyle's hands at all. I think if Kyle would stay on as the promoter, he could uh, he could really bring in some great guests that at that show had you know myself, I was there. he had autograph guests, uh, galore. Mickey Tendleton was there, which was I know that's not a huge name to everybody, but to Mickey Tendleton is a big name uh, for Detroit Tigers and Texas Rangers fan, and I believe he was a Baltimore Oriole as well. That was fun. Um, ESPN Radio was there. the The Frisco Roughriders were there. It was a lot of it was a lot of fun to be had. And excuse me, I lost my voice there for a second. And it was it was good to see a, a show that size uh, do do well in DFW. So um, it was three hundred and fifty tables, I believe. It was a good time. So, again, thank you to Kyle. Uh, thanks for, to everybody over there on the Dallas Card Show team for uh, allowing me to be a part of that. So let's talk about what's coming up next because next week we're not going to have a show. I have, I'll have i you know do a, a throwback or something like that. But uh, we are off to Vegas for the Industry Summit. And from the Industry Summit, we'll have uh, shows from there with our, our, our guests, uh, all the attendees. Looking forward to seeing uh, everybody who is coming out and uh, learning, learning and growing with you. So uh, if you're coming out to the Industry Summit, please stop by, say hello. I'll be in the product showcase room. It's got a lot of good, a lot of good things uh, planned. Uh, Dave Devecchi and Steve Garvey are on board. Panini has uh, you know, their guest in their back pocket that I don't know that I'm uh, allowed to announce, so I'm not going to announce it, but uh, it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a good show. Uh, or a good event. I, again, I'm looking to uh, learn and grow with everybody. Wanted to give a shout out here to everybody who took time to vote in the uh, industry summit awards survey. Um, typically those things were not voted on in the public. And we changed that because to be quite honest with you, there just wasn't enough feedback. And um, we put it out to the public this year and you guys did a great job with it. So I've seen the winners. i I I want to say my congratulations to to those who won, and I'll tell you there were a lot of close votes. You guys did a really good job doing your research and um, and casting your votes. So I really appreciate that. Uh, ready to announce those when they are made known uh, in just a couple of weeks. And uh, to the winners, congratulations! A pre congratulations if you won. Uh, it was a lot of fun uh, seeing watching those totals go up every day and like th- how close things were. I'll tell you this. Without spoiling it, the card of the year, two votes. That's all that separated the first place winner from the second place winner. It was two votes. It was really close. And it was, a. Uh, don't necessarily think that it was abs- the card of the year. I don't think the card of the year was that one. It, it, it could have it been a, f- a coin flip, man, because both of those cards were awesome. So uh, two votes is all that separated it. And now here we are, just a couple of weeks away from uh, presenting it. Again, looking forward to seeing everybody in Vegas who's coming out. And uh, if you're not going to be able to make it, stay tuned here because we will have uh, lots of sh- lots of coverage from there. We'll have video coverage from there as well. And I look forward to uh, to having you a part of the team, uh, so to speak, as we as we celebrate the industry. All right. Uh, I went hard on you at the beginning of the show about Zion Williamson and like the ridiculousness that's going on there. In truth, it's fun to see um, all the reaction to it. Y'all just get ready because um, Panini's going to do it big with Zion, as they should. But speaking of Zion, our new cover, our new Beckett Sports Card monthly cover is a wonderful cover of, of, of Zion. Please make sure that you... Check that out. Pick that up. It's uh, it's wonderful. It'd be a great for an autograph. Uh, the ZW, the Z, the you know whatever you get, if you could get on it. it. It's a great looking photo. So go ahead and pick that up. And that's it, man. That's it. Uh, look for coverage from uh, MLW's War Chamber this weekend. I'm excited to be a part of that as we cover the Von Erichs homecoming to Texas. But it's going to be more about the Wrestling Almanac. And shout out to, uh, I want that card. Um, he, he posted that Beth, Beth Phoenix, the Glamazon, uh, took notice of her in the top 10 uh, female wrestlers of all time list in the, uh, the bestling, the bestling, the Beckett Wrestling Almanac. And that's really cool. I'm going to reach out to her, see if we can make that work. Thank you for pointing that out, sir. Uh, all right, guys, that's it. Thanks for joining the show this week. We were, we are dark next week for, for new content, but we will be back. The, uh, Actually, it really won't even be a week because uh, the summit starts that Sunday. So we'll have something for you uh, either Sunday evening or Monday morning. Look for that. Going to be a lot of fun out there in Vegas. Hope to see you there. And if not, just keep listening. Cue the Drake.